millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Roker Report podcast in association with the Sun and Community Soup Kitchen. And you join us today on the back of Sonnen's fairly impressive 2-1 away win over Gillingham at the weekend. Um, I'm joined today, as always, by Martin Manless. How are you, mate? I'm alright. I've um, spent the day out in the garden. I've got a bit of sunburn on my neck and on my sunburn. arms. Sunburn in October, man. Jesus. You're lucky, mate. You're lucky. Warm enough. Uh, and we're also joined uh, by Ant Watson. How's Ant? Ah, not bad. I'd probably the opposite end of the spectrum of Martin. I've probably got frostbite. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're, it's not... We're going well. <laughs> it's not the warmest. Like, I've just walked the dog around the block there and sort of regretted the fact I was wearing shorts. Um, anyways, <laughs> it's enough about my legs. We're yeah to talk about the Gillingham game. Sunderland won, of course, 2-1 uh, away from home. Testing circumstances. I think everybody knew going into the game that um, Gillingham have... Gave us a real test over the years, and Steve Evans' teams are just generally awful to play against. And to have passed that test, to be fair to Sunderland, reflects very well on us. I think. I think after losing to Pompey the last time out in the league, we've won the last three games in all competitions. We've we've re- rebounded very well. I think Tom Flanagan in his post match interview talked, and this seems to be something that the players have really taken on board: is that like they cannot let other teams think we're a pushover, especially after that Pompey result. So, um, yeah, to to win the game, Martin, in the way we did, uh, I think it bodes well, doesn't it? It does, and it's you know, pleasing to see that response after the Portsmouth game. Obviously, we've had those two um, Pizza Cup trophy games, haven't we? But the bulk of the team that plays in the Portsmouth game has been missing from those two games and away in the national duty. And mm-hmm. it wasn't like it wasn't an impressive performance. I think we had a spell... Just after half time, that we we looked pretty good, um. So it wasn't necessarily an impressive performance, but it was a very impressive result. And I think it's just really it gives you a lot of confidence, doesn't it? We just get back to to winning ways after you know after having that stuff in the Portsmouth. And I was concerned, like when we conceded that that first goal, you go, oh shit, here we go, it's going to be another one of those days. But we we responded really well and showing good character. I think that's the most yeah. pleasing thing that we've developed over the course of the um, the preseason and shown so far this season is we've got good character in the squad and I think that that shone through yesterday more than anything else. Yeah, just looking at the stats and twenty five shots from Gillingham, we had the line share of the possession, but it was a bit of a bombardment, particularly later in the game as as they were chasing the point. And I think Lee Johnson and again Flanagan both talked about this after the game. 
Um, for some of those young lads, have probably never played in a game like that, and it was a big test, and they passed it. I mean, it's, it's impressive, isn't it? Yeah, certainly. I think I think you're right there, especially with like obviously Sirkin and Doyle, who were still you know very young, uh, still learning the game and having to you know put up. I think Gillingham had like five strikers on by the end of the game, <laughs> didn't they? Obviously, you know Kindy, who's been there and done that, you know, a, a good striker. Um, Dwayne Oliver, who's you know again another one who's you know he's been there and done it. And to cope with that, especially down to 10 men, you know, backs against the wall. Yeah, Hoffman saved us once or twice, some excellent saves, but um, yeah, 25 shots and they've only scored one goal. I think that shows a lot of our, like, our stealingness at the back and yeah. um, more so the determination to get over the line. You know, that would have been a defeat or a draw last season or the season before. And it kind of shows how far we've come under Johnson, I think. Yeah, just a quick look at the at the team then. So... Hoffman started in goal. It, it pretty much picked itself. To be fair, we we all of a sudden we've just lost a load of players. I mean, we'll come on to that later. But Sirkin left back, Winchester right back, Doyle and Flanagan as the pair in the middle. Uh, Luke O'Neill with Dan Neal central midfield, which is a fairly mobile midfield. And then in front of them, I think Lee Johnson described it as with two tens. We had Pritchard, Embleton, and then Aidan O'Brien sort of off the left playing uh, with Ross Stewart up top. So. The team basically picked itself. I mean, if you look at the bench, Burge, Younger, Wright, Hume, Harris, Sona and Wern. It's a good job we recruited well in the summer, isn't it, Martin? When you th- when you look at that and think we're a little bit stretched at the minute, and Johnson had to get his had to get his tactics right ultimately because we knew this was going to be a difficult game, and with with so few options to select from, it was definitely going to be a case of you know what what are our strengths in this game? What what can we bring to the table? with the players we've got that are going to cause Gillingham problems. And I think when you look at the, the quality of the deliveries for the two goals, it, it shows. I mean, even even though it wasn't our best game, we, we we put two cracking balls into the box and scored two goals. Well, we've gone from a situation sort of early in or middle of August, late August, where the likes of Aidan O'Brien couldn't get on the bench and he was, you know, he was going to be off to Doncaster, wasn't he, on, on loan? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. we've gone from, a, from that to him... You know, be, becoming a, a pretty major player, and he, had, he had a big influence on the game yesterday, didn't he? But the mm. um, you know, it, it just underlines, doesn't it, how important it is to have that really strong squad. And as you say, like for the amount of players we had out yesterday to go down there and get the three points, you know, you can name it, like McGeady, Gooch. We had so many players out. Evans. You look at those three alone have so much experience that we we really need as a young young side. And you know to go there and get the three points is really impressive. But like the the deliveries from as I say from Pritchard for um, Flanagan's goal, that ball in was a cracking ball in, and Dan Neal's ball, like Dan Neal's ball in to O'Brien, remind me, can you remember that goal that um, Asamo Jean scored when Henderson put the ball over for him for uh, Wigan? <laughs> yeah, very similar. Yeah, it was yeah. a very similar ball. Like he just whipped over. It was a beautiful cross, and like Dan Dan Neal is such an important player for us. And when when we were able to get him the ball yesterday, we looked as if we were going to do some stuff. And you know he didn't yeah. get the ball enough, but you know when he did get in the ball, he was calm, composed, and he's you know he's took that opportunity, hasn't he? He's he's stepped up this season, and he's such a good player. I know we keep on talking about, we probably shouldn't keep on talking about. Should we? we should just say he's <laughs> he's crap. Yeah. Um. In case anybody's listening, but nah, he, he's such a, a good player and. It's it's just nice to see that those players who get the opportunity to step up are coming in and contributing. Like Pritchard's been indifferent, hasn't he, so far in, in his Sunderland career? Mm. But 
he showed us a few glimpses yesterday, and hopefully, you know, he can continue that on Tuesday. Yeah, uh, I was listening to Gary Bennett on the on the radio, and and uh, he was pretty blunt actually. He said, "Would we have won that game last season?" The answer is no. no. I don't think we would have either. I think I think no. that's that's how far along we've came, isn't it? We, we we're now able to extract points from games against difficult teams, where we 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 just didn't have that mentality last time around. Yeah, that's it. That's it. It's just it. It like I said, I said before that it just goes to show how far we've actually come with Lee Johnson because uh, it's as you say. I'm, I'm sure there was a game last season. And I'm struggling to remember because it's all a blur, really. But I'm sure there was a game where we were like relatively comfortable, and either we got someone sent off or someone injured, and it just went completely like downhill. But I mean, like I say, it for, for, for these players to be so young, like what Martin's just said there, like you know Dan Neil, who's eighteen year old, Callum Doyle, eighteen. Sirkin, who's you know not much over over that. Even Hoffman, the goalkeeper, yeah. to you know to put up with you know that bombardment from you know look, Steve Evans has has his teams playing this direct you know pretty shit hours we football to put up with that for twenty minutes away from home on you know in Priestfield's not a great pitch, not a great stadium. You know they, they all deserve a lot of credit. Um, you know I think I think Tom Fannigan hit the nail on the head actually yesterday. He says this is just completely different to what it has been and. Um, this week could be talking about this in say six seven months time if we get promoted and this could be one of them results that's got us over the line. You know yeah. it's such a crucial result, especially with all the other teams above us winning. You know it keeps us there or thereabouts, games in hand. You know eleven games in, and I think we've got off to a superb start. Yeah, we'll talk about the game a bit then. So early in the game, Hoffman was forced into a couple of good saves, um, and then on twenty five minutes, Luke Onain gives away a penalty. Was it a penalty, Martin? Because yeah, it's, it, it looks Yeah, looks like it was a stone wall. I wasn't no it? complaints yeah. there, like no. Um, the penalty dispatched fairly well, to be honest. Straight down the middle, the keeper's always going to dive. I think. Um, so I've always thought that about penalty takers. Why more of them don't just hammer it down the middle of the? Because more often than not, the goalkeeper dives to his left or right, doesn't he? Um, do you think there's not really much else he could have done about that, Martin? Is that it's, no, it would take a brave goalkeeper just to stand there, like, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or, or somebody with very bendy legs that can cover <laughs> a lot of space. Um, but then our equaliser came in first half injury time, probably about 20 seconds from the whistle going. It was a, we've talked about before, crack and cross to the back post uh, from Dan Neal showing his quality. And to be fair to O'Brien, really good finish, instinctive strikers play, mm-hmm. stretched out to, to put it away and... Um, Martin touched on it before. Aidan O'Brien's sort of re-emerged through through a bit of fortune, I guess. So that player's not been available. He wouldn't. I don't think he would have started had we had McGeady and Gucci or De Jacko fit. But he started the game. He's took his chance. I can't complain, mm-hmm. can you? It's a, it's a decent finish. No, you you can't. And and as Martin said, you know he has become relatively critical to the side um, since McGeady's been injured, and he does help Serkin out quite a lot as well, which I quite like. You know he gets back and tracks back and helps out. I mean he's. He's probably not the most comfortable of doing that. But yeah, it's a very good instinctive finish because um, there's still quite a fair bit to do there. It's a great ball by Dan Neal, as, as, as that's been said before. But, you know, it's a good finish. Um, gets us, and it's, it's a great time to score a goal, and especially when you haven't played very well in the first half to score just on half-time. You know, mm. it, it probably um, changed Lee Johnson's team talk quite considerably. Um, and it probably gave us that platform to go out and win the game in the second half. So a very crucial, uh, very crucial goal from O'Brien... Thank God he didn't go in um, in August in transfer window because he has become a, a pretty critical player to us. Yeah, I, I don't think anyone can doubt his work rate as a footballer. He's just he's he's not shown enough 
really. Mm. But I think if you've got to be fair to him this season, he's had he hasn't had many chances, Martin, has he? But when he has come into the team, he has contributed. Like I thought he was really unlucky when he got that hat trick in the cup to not even I don't even think made the made the made the bench for I the next game. Did he? Mm-hmm. No. So he's been unlucky, hasn't he? Last season he actually had a good season, didn't he? Playing alongside Wyke and I think he did an awful lot of donkey work that enabled the space for Wyke to to score the goals he did. But you know, yeah. mm-hmm. I, I was actually surprised that Lee Johnson didn't fancy him at the start of the season. You know, he, he was he praised him quite a lot last season, but he, he obviously sort of made his mind up that he wasn't, you know, going to be an integral part of his plans for, to to start the campaign with. But you know, look, I think any player who comes in and takes his chance, you can't criticize, can you? And I think it's actually no. a testament yeah. to the the work that the coaching staff had done. Like, in I think it was um, in his post match interview yesterday, Lee Johnson was talking about Will Harris. And um, yeah. he'd said, you know, he, he'd had a conversation with him and someone you know, was touch and go whether he was going to get a new contract or, or leave the club because mm. you know, it was you know, a critical time in his career and he maybe hadn't shown enough last season. But he said it's testament to him, um, Will Harris, is that you know, he's put the work in the trading ground, he's played well for the under-23s and he's actually forced his way into the first team reckoning. But as much credit has yeah. got to go at the coaching staff. Like they're the ones who are putting the... the coaching sessions on every day they're the ones who are managing the players and if they're creating an environment where the young well whether it's young players or people like Aidan O'Brien can come in and impress and you know be motivated to do that that speaks volumes to what's going on behind the scenes doesn't it like it's obviously a good a good place to be and then I think we're you know we're seeing that with the individual performances Um, I think the team performance probably could have been better yesterday but individually they all put a shift in yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree at all with that. The other thing about O'Brien as well, I don't, I don't know if it's just me who's noticed this, but he, he's referenced quite a lot by other players and the manager. I think he's quite popular amongst the yeah. amongst the squad, and everyone's rooting for him there. Like you know, and that that's a that's a big thing. Like I think it's quite clear that that we've had players in the last couple of years who didn't want to be here, not mentioning any names, but Will Grigg, and <laughs> and just showed no intention of knuckling down and trying to prove themselves and Lee Johnson just before Greg left it was there was a period in pre-season with Greg where Johnson was hyping him up and how fit he had come back and there was there was all this talk about how fit Will Greg had returned but inevitably he he wasn't fancied and he left whereas with O'Brien I think it's quite clear he wants to be here and he wants to prove himself like nobody he doesn't want to leave Sunderland and people to think like oh he was a total failure at Sunderland mm-hmm. he wants to be you know, remembered for contributing something, and to his credit, this season, like I say, if you isolate his his contributions just this season, he's he's offered us quite a lot actually, and I I don't think he probably gets any of the credit that he deserves. He's never going to be a twenty goal a season striker, but he'll play number ten, he'll play wide on the left, he'll play as a two, and more often than not, he 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 works hard. Like and and I I know like we we should expect a lot more than just hard work. It should be a a given that players work hard. But as I've just said, Will Grigg was here for three seasons and I don't think he showed any sort of inkling that he wanted to be here. Whereas with O'Brien, I think he's quickly sell well. And you've got to, you've got to give credit, haven't you? And when, when players come here and the, he realises the opportunity, he'll never play for a bigger club than us again. He's, no, that's he's, right, coming up, yeah. he's, he's, he's coming up towards the top end of his 20s now. Mm. He'll never play for a bigger club than Sunday. He has to... He has to be a success here, probably for his, for his, uh, for his own sake, really. Yeah, um, and it probably goes back to a point um, that was made last year. Um, it might have been by Martin or Chris that 
Um, I mean, Neil O'Brien, who's come all the way up from London, probably couldn't have been able to go home at, on on national weekends or whatever because of the COVID. Now that what now with you know everything com- we're coming out the other side of it, hopefully, you know he's probably been able to you know to go home whenever he's wanted to or things like that, and and that's probably what's what's probably got his confidence up a little bit, and he has shown this season a lot. I think he's shown a lot more what he's capable of. Um, I agree with what Martin said about last year. We did a lot of Charlie Wakes. Donkey works with Charlie White could, you know, put the ball in the back of the net. He, 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 O'Brien's very good at making them like little decoy runs to bring other players into the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I say, yeah, from, I mean, he plays out on the left, you know, yesterday, you know, he's probably, that's probably not his best position. I would say he's more of a, you know, a frontal player, but yeah, he'll, he'll go right back on Tuesday if he, if we asked him to. <laughs> and that's probably everyone in this, in this squad currently now, they will do anything to get onto the pitch. You know, yeah. and and play anywhere and do whatever the, the manager tells him, and it's so much of a breath of fresh air to see players like that who are now coming into the own. Tom Fannigan's another one, um, who are now coming into the own now that you know the they're, they're surrounded by players who want to play for the club, who want you know see pride in in wearing the shirt again, which, which hasn't been shown for the last two or three years. You know, it's um it's just been one of those you know ones where people have come for the payday, whereas now we're signing younger players. Uh, who were, who are, you know, showing keenness and wanting this club to improve. It's bringing the best out of the likes of O'Brien and Flanagan. Um, yeah, I mean, he does deserve a hell of a lot of credit, you know, because this season his chances have been a little bit limited, but every time he's played, he's probably, you know, made a made a goal or an assist or something. So he's, he's doing very well. Mm, yeah, it's a good point you make, actually, about players playing out of position just for the good of the team, because I think Bailey Wright came on at right back and... During the uh, during his post match, Lee Johnson said he was actually going to bring on Denver Hume to play on the wing. So it, I think I think his sort of um, relaxed approach to just putting play, like he, the way he thinks is that, well, if that player's technically a very good footballer and they're a hard worker, I can pretty much put them anywhere and they're going to be able to fill a role. And that's again just a mentality change we've seen. Um, but yeah, back to the game anyways went into the break level, Martin. Um, probably with the momentum going into the second half. I would say, obviously, it's crap if you're gilling them, isn't it? When you concede that late in the first half, totally changes the team talk when when they go back in. Um, oh, it, it doesn't look. At... Yeah, it's destabilizing, really, isn't it? It is. I think you know it, nobody can really say that Gillingham didn't have the best of that first half, and you know they could have been probably more than one one goal up, um, and to go in level, you know, having having probably deserved to be two up, it, it's going to be a bit of a disappointment, isn't it? So I think. You know, I don't think we necessarily had the momentum in in terms of play, but I think psychologically we had the momentum because to go in, as you say, it kind of changes the complexion of every conversation at half time, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and I think we sh- you know we showed that in in the first fifteen twenty minutes of the second half, it, w- it was a completely different game. And I think you know we from from being a you know, one of I, th- I think the first half was probably one of our worst performances so far this season. You know, I think that that bar for worst is. Is you know bottomed out by Portsmouth, but if you if you take that out <laughs> of the equation, it, you know it wasn't certainly wasn't one of our best performances in the first half. Um, but I think the first twenty minutes after half time, we we looked you know like we have done in in our better games this season. We looked a bit more confident on the ball. I think Pritchard seemed to be sort of hanging out on the on the left wing a bit more to give us a little bit more width, and he was getting onto the ball a bit. And we looked as if we really had that bit between our teeth. To think, you know what, we've we've got away with that first half. Let's make sure we capitalise on it and and don't let that slip. And you know, for the first mm. twenty minutes of the f- uh, second half, sorry, we we really looked the part, and obviously we got got into the lead. 
Yeah, that's that's the next point. Well done for helping us with me it's segue. Seamless. Um, seamless <laughs> isn't it? The second <laughs> the second goal, um fifty four minutes in from Tom Flanagan. Really good work in the build up, I thought, from Ross Stewart. Um just he's a nuisance and he like to be fair, like he doesn't have to score to play well. I just I love him. Um he makes a nuisance of himself, plays the ball to Pritchard, who to be honest, and Steve Evans pointed this out in his post match, he was really disappointed with um, it's the fact they allowed the cross because Pritchard, when you watch him, has got all the time in the world. Put his foot on the ball and pick his pick his spot. Sees Tom Flanagan back post, and again shows the commitment because Tom Flanagan puts his head in the way, gets hurt in the process, um, but heads home, scores the second goal. The crowd go absolutely mental behind the goal. Uh, he's down on the floor in a heap, gets mobbed. Um, just a a good goal in it. Like I think when I watched the Quest show back last night. And they were, they were. I think it was um, Ian Holloway. He praised just the sort of commitment from from Flanagan to get on the end of it. Um, another good goal in it. I mean, they don't all have to be pretty, but I, I quite like the 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 cross and um, mm-hmm. from from Pritchard. First time, like Martin touched on earlier, we haven't really seen a lot from him, but that showed his quality, didn't it? That's probably shown why he was an eleven million pound rated player. You know, it's it's yeah. a fantastic ball. You know, I think we've mentioned Ross Stewart as well in the build-up, which was superb by him. But um, on the, just before that, there's a great tackle. I'm not sure who put the tackle in. I think it might have been Dan Neal. But there was a great tackle just before it got put back in there again, um, which Gillingham could have threatened to break. So, I mean, that tackle's started yeah, the move. Yeah. It's a fantastic tackle. Um, but, yeah, I mean, fair fair credit to, um, to Flanagan as well because he knows he's going to get hurt there. You know, he, he's he's got like folded up a little bit in the air and then he's clattered the post on his way down. I mean, it would have hurt that. And he knew, I think he knew as soon as he was going up there, that's, this is going to be a, a painful one. But he's put his body on the line and, you know, it's gone in the back of the net. And, you know, fair credit to him. And <laughs> it was quite funny when everyone was running over to him while he was like, you know, lying you know, in, in agony on the ground. And there's only Ross Stewart who realised he was injured. It was like, <laughs> Ross Stewart going to the physio, how are we on, how are we on? And everyone's like, get in! Which is fair, fair, fair play to him, like, but... Yeah, I mean, that just shows the improvement, I think, of, of, of Tom Flanagan this season. I think he's been absolutely absolutely fantastic alongside Doyle. Um, and he deserves that goal. Um, but yeah, going back to Pritchard, great ball in. And if I was Steve Evans, I'd have been disappointed with my defenders for letting for letting that ball come in. It's it's poor defending, but you know, who wait who wait to, you know, agree with Steve Evans, you know what I mean? We're <laughs> happy enough. You know, yeah. it's two one, you know, great and, and I thought we would have gone on to get a few more goals, but obviously you know the the sending offs changed that, but uh, no, it's it's a it's a good good goal really, and a really yeah. nice header. And I'm I'm chuffed for Flanagan to be honest because he's been uh, probably our most improved player this season. Yeah, I was going to come on to him in a bit, but I think well, it's a good place to talk about him, Martin. He's turned into a key player, hasn't he? Like, and and I just never ever for the life of us saw him becoming a key player for us. I, I've watched him since we dropped into this league, and not at any stage have I thought he's a good player until this season. And he's, I think, with the departure of several big personalities like Power, like Lead Bitter, you know, big big personalities in the dressing room, he stepped up. He's now looking at himself. Well, this is a very young squad, and I'm the most experienced player, probably, you know. Well, other than McGeady, who's been here a little bit longer than them, he's he's one of the more experienced players, and he's really owned that responsibility, hasn't he? I mean, like we've just said, good goal, put himself. Uh, in a painful position, and the other thing I've noticed with Flanagan is that he, he, uh, he seems to be putting himself forward for all the post-match interviews, and he speaks really well. 
it's not your usual guff from a player. It's like very honest talk. Um, and I think yeah, he did one on on the on the club website, which people should check out. But uh, yeah, like Ansh just said, Martin, he he's become very important to us. It's baffling, like isn't it? Because see, over the past <laughs> few years, you can't go. He's shit. Like he's going to be one of the first players out once we get a bit of momentum going. Once we're starting looking as if we're going to challenge for promotion, there's no way he's going to be in the side. And he's established himself as probably the first name on the team sheet in, in defence. And there's an enormous amount of credit has got to go to him for, for doing that. Like, And I, I, there's a few things that have happened which you know might contribute to it, but it is a bit of a, it's one of those strange phenomenons. I think if you th- spend too much tra- time trying to think of the answer, you'll you'll send yourself do lally. But like, he's obviously <laughs> he's playing on the right-hand side of the central, central defence, isn't he? Which he hasn't done before. And that's obviously his more natural side. So whether there's part of that that he's actually playing in in his most comfortable position, um, I think he might play alongside Jack Baldwin on the right hand side did he, for for a little bit. But he he spent the last couple of years playing on on the left if he's played, yeah. and he's he's been put into, into the leadership group. And you know I think you know there's a few eyebrows raised at the concept of a leadership group when when it was announced in the summer, and it's a, it's a really common concept in in sport here in Australia. Like every rugby league, rugby union, um, football team has a, a leadership group that kind of runs things off the pitch for the players. Um, and for him to be part of that is obviously a big pat on the back for him and gives him a, a bit of importance in, in the dressing room. And he's obviously a player who who relishes that and uses that as a, a bit of motivation as well. So I think it's it's enormous credit to him because he, he is yeah. a completely different player. And if we'd signed him in the summer on a free transfer... We'd all be going bloody hell. That's a good signing because yeah, he has just yeah. been fantastic, and I think again, tremendous credit goes him, and you know, hopefully he keeps it up. Yeah, uh, that wasn't the end of the action though, because uh, Elliot Hamilton flew into a tackle, and it, to be honest, this has caused caused a little bit of controversy because people can't seem to settle on whether it was a red or not. I think Lee Johnson said he, it was a yellow and a half. Another Johnsonism <laughs> on the post match uh, with with Benno and Barnsley. I think they didn't. Think it was a yellow co- uh, red card. Sorry, uh, Johnson said actually after the game that he could hear the fourth official in the linesman talking. They both said it was a yellow. Um, I've watched it back loads, and although he flies in and with a lot of momentum, his feet are down, his studs are down. He doesn't actually really well. He doesn't catch the player at all. I think he, the player makes a meal of it because why wouldn't he? Um, and although. We can't seem to agree on whether it was a red or not. I mean, he's given the ref a decision to make, hasn't he? And I think these days people people go for those sort of tackles, even though he hasn't really done anything. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's probably on the harsh side of things, but I mean, I've put on I've put on my own Twitter. If that was on Elliot Embleton by their player, worst screaming red card. Yeah, you know, it's uh, one of them ones. You know, the player probably makes too much of it. Their sideline certainly makes too much of it. You know, what I mean. Steve Evans was, you know, running down the sidelines as if the, the bloke's leg was hanging off. You know what I mean? But <laughs> he probably saw a pie. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, what? What? I can, I can totally understand it. And going in for the tackle because you know he's he's made a bad touch. He's wanting to win the ball. You know. Um, but we know we've been in this league for you know neck end of four seasons now, and we know that these referees are not great. And the referees got a really really good view of it. But I think he's been kind of persuaded by the reaction of the player and the reaction of the sidelines. Now, for me there, watching that live, I thought straight away that was an absolute 
Stonewall red card. And I, I don't think uh, there's any way we're going to be able to appeal that. Um, I, I, I just think it's... But when you slow it down, it, it's probably not that bad. But at the end of the day, Elliot them should not be making them kind of tackles when you're 2-1 up in a very, very tight game. You know, just, just you know, try and like, just shimmy yourself a little bit, give them no room. You know, and it was probably just a bit of rush of blood from, you know, the lad's young, he'll learn from it. Um, but for me, you know, I've got no complaints about the red card being given, whether it's harsh or not. I mean, um, I can remember last year, Gav, we, we commented on the Ipswich game at home when um, one of the lads went in on Grant Ledbetter and it was probably, ne- it was exactly the same thing. It was just an over-the-top tackle. The players made a bit more of it, you know, Grant Ledbetter being an experienced pro, made a little bit more of it. And it probably wasn't a it probably wasn't a red card, but we're we're screaming for it as as Sunderland fans. So um, I can see both sides of it, but for me, I I just cannot get away with the decision being made because I think it's probably the correct one, given you know the it's it's probably ticked a lot of boxes for the ref. You know, it's over the top, um, you know, a little bit out of um, a bit reckless, so a little bit out of control. Um, and obviously the player in the sidelines have made the massive meal of it, so I, I can totally understand it being given. Was you reckon, Martin? Is it, are you, do you think ah, it's a red? I think, yeah. I think if it was at home, we might have got away with it, but away from home... Yeah, yeah. And it's one of those, isn't it, where, where a player loses control of the ball and he comes flying in to try to make up for you know bad touch. Yeah, yeah. He's going mm-hmm. in such pace that, you know, yes, it's... It's the pace down, of it, yes, isn't it? It's, you know, it's the pace home, of it, yeah. But... Yeah. I, I had the yeah, same I mean, reaction as you. What like. I would like to ask people who think it wasn't, who think it wasn't a red, would what would have happened if that had been on Elliot Hamilton? Oh, you know what I mean. And, and I guarantee we would have been red, screaming red card. Yeah. So for me, that just makes my mind up on it. Like, like my, my first reaction was the same as yours. Like when when it happened, I was like, "That's a red card." Mm-hmm. As soon as I saw it, and you can slow yeah. it down, but the referee's got one look at it. And yes, the, the Gillingham players went nuts, but they're going to do that. Aren't they? They're going to surround the referee and try to get the advantage, but. I don't think we've got, you know, it might have been harsh, but I don't think there's any grounds for complaints, is there? Steve Evans lives for those moments as well, doesn't he? Like, oh, is it, isn't he? Him, him and Neil Warnock, they're just the two managers I think of whenever you think, who lives for that? He, he yeah, they, they, they were never not going to go on the way they did, but I think you're both right. I think in that moment when the referee's got one look at it, and he, it's, the, it's the pace of it. If, yeah. if he does that, if that was a slower sort of build to the challenge, he probably doesn't even blow for it. But because he flies in at pace, it's he's given the ref a decision. And uh, sadly, we'll lose him now for three games. I, I think Lee Johnson was asked after the game whether he'd appeal it. And he said, well, you can't really. <laughs> How can you appeal that? It's right in front of the ref. It's not like it's not like he's really missed it. So, yeah, it's probably the end of Embleton for the next three games, unfortunately. Uh, well, it, w- it will be. Hopefully he learns from it because, like, as you said... It was absolutely stupid. Like there was no need to do it. It wasn't in a dangerous position. We just got into the lead. We just started controlling the game, and like Elliot Embleton is really lucky if he only gets a three-match ban because he could have cost us the three points because that was yeah. a really bad choice of. I know it's heat at the moment. You do things instinctively, but that was a really bad decision. Hopefully, he learns from that, which I'm sure he will. But the rest of the lads learn from that because he's put them into. A really difficult position for that last twenty-five minutes, hasn't he? Yeah, young lad, young lad who's just yeah. These things happen, don't they? And that that's the one thing that's sort of a symptom of um of the fact we've got such a young team is that the young lads are going to make mistakes. Um, and that's that's all he's done. We're not going to vilify him for it. Like it happens, no, you know, not. happens. Um, and I'm just glad he didn't hurt him as well. Obviously, 
Because very of character as well. You've not seen that from him, have you? Like from from him. I know he likes to get stuck in, but he hasn't put you know a tackle like that in before in, no, in the times no. I've seen him, even at the under twenty threes, under eighteen. So I've followed him for quite a while, but he's not he's not that kind of player. It's just probably one of them heat of the moment things. You know, he probably thinks I'm gonna win the ball here, and he's yeah. missed it. And you know, he'll 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 learn from that. And I'm sure with someone, I'll have a word with him, so yeah. he'll be fine. Yeah, Ian Holloway actually stuck up from a little bit on Quest. Said it just shows mm-hmm. how committed the players are now. Uh, to what's going on at Sunday, I think he's probably right. Um, you, you're he's extracting this manager is extracting things from players that that you've just pointed out. It's not his game really to go flying into tackles. Um, so then we we had to see the rest of the game out with ten men. I think it was sixty seven minutes or so that he got sent off. Uh, Lee sort of changed Lee Johnson's feelings and thoughts on the game up as the game advanced. Obviously, Gillingham bombarded the box and we needed to defend well. Um. There was one moment where Bailey Wright's too easily beaten for my liking, really, in the air uh, on the right-hand side of the box, and it's a header, which you would you think this, this, the forward's got no right to try and divert that goal pads, but he connects beautifully with it. Thorben Hoffman's backpedalling, and he makes one of the best saves I've seen in a long, long time um, to, to stop it going, and I don't think anybody really expected him to get anywhere near it, and he stretches to, to turn it over, um, brilliant, wasn't it, Martin, to see that? Because I don't know. I, I know Lee, Lee Johnson after the game was bigging up the fact we've got three good goalkeepers, but I don't think, if I'm being honest, speaking um, hypothetically here, I don't think Lee Burge saves that. If I'm honest, no, I think um, Hoffman's just sort of growing in stature, isn't he, over the, the course yeah. of the games he's played for us so far? And you just see, I, I think we we said after his first game, even though he's a little nervy, you could see he had all the attributes of a a good goalkeeper. And yesterday, I think you know there was a couple of saves in the first half that he made, and you know made some good good saves. And that that one towards the end of the game was was phenomenal. Um, I think it would be one of those you really like to see from a couple of different angles, wouldn't you? Rather than the um, the one angle from yeah. the EFL cameraman. But um, no, it was a nice, nice save, good save. And look, that's that's a difference between us getting anything out of that game yesterday or, or not. And he he can make such a difference. For us this season, yeah. like Brian, I think Brian Clough used to say, like a good goalkeeper's worth ten points to, mm-hmm. to your season, and like Hoffman could be worth more for us this season. Yeah, and then it got nervy towards the end, and didn't it? Gillingham hit the bar, and Hoffman was called in action a couple more times, but we saw it out. Like I say, it shows the character of the team. We had, we had, we we knew what was going to happen. As we said before, Gary Bennett said it best. We probably wouldn't have won that game last season, and all in all, just a. A really good three points on the road, considering how the game went. Going behind one nil and and losing Embleton with still quite a lot of time on the clock. Brilliant win, wasn't it? It was, and you know what? It was important, I think, to 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 win yesterday. You know, Gillingham aren't in the best of form. You know, they're near the bottom of the league. We'd lost our last league game four nil, so many of these players who played in that game were there. So it was important to bounce back. You know, you know this league's going to be. Really, really tight. I think, you know, you've got some teams up there, you know, who are now starting to really stretch the, the legs a little bit. You know, like Wigan won really well yesterday. Rotherham are coming into it. Chef Weda are just, you know, around about five or six points off. So they'll come with a run. It was important for us to get rid of the Portsmouth Udo, you know, to, to get the three points. And the yeah. way they've done it, obviously, you know, going behind, not playing well, turning it around, going down to 10, relying on our goalkeeper to make, which was a fantastic save. You know, it, it's an absolutely crucial three points. And, and as I said before, that could be... Those wins are the ones that are going to get you over the line. Winning ugly, you know, not playing particularly well. 
going to happen. You know, a difficult, difficult team. You know, Gillingham are difficult to play. And they're always, you know, they always pull off, you know, the surprises. Um, you know, a little bit of a spoiler team. And um, to go down there, you know, get the three points. You know, 2,000 fans scoring as well, making that journey is amazing. You know, just this club's got so much of a lift now. Um, you know, I take the Portsmouth, take the Portsmouth result aside, you know, this season so far has been so, you know, so like welcoming, hasn't it? Really successful so yeah. far. And hopefully we can, uh, we can kick on. Yeah, so moving on then. We've, we've got to get that game out of our heads, I guess. Crew away on Tuesday. Uh, they're not in the best of form. I was checking out their results. I know they, they got battered off Fleetwood. Yeah. Um, on Saturday, but even the results in the lead up that game haven't been great. I don't think they've won for over a month. And um, Lee Johnson after the game talked about it a little bit. He said it's going to be a totally different game, Martin. It's going to be they they like to keep it on the floor, do crew. So it should, in theory, suit Sunderland a lot more than the Gillingham game. Um, how are you feeling about this one? Because I'm I'm confident in every game. I mean, I was confident before Pompey and we got battered, but I think I think you've got to be confident going into this haven't you when you see I, I mean I didn't think much of Fleetwood even though we didn't beat them but they absolutely battered crew at the weekend with with no reply 3-0 so yeah are you confident? Yeah I am I think um, it's you mm. know it's one of those games that if we've got any serious aspirations of, of going up you've just got to turn up put a professional shift in and, and get the three points don't we? I think the style yeah. of play that yeah. they play it'll suit us as an opposition better than the past two away games have. And, you know, we just got to go and do a professional job. Obviously, we've got injuries. Embleton's out, so we've got to shuffle the team somehow to, to replace him. There isn't a great deal of option to replace him. I think, you know, there's going to be a selection dilemma for, for Lee Johnson, isn't it? But Yeah, well, he, he talked about it after the game. He talked about it after the game and said he might have to accelerate the return of one or two of his injured players or see if we can. Um, importantly, he just said we'll find a solution. Like we had a yeah. problem with fullbacks at the start of the season, we found a solution. We will do it again. And he um, he hinted that one or two of the lads who've played well in the Papa John's games could come in. So you're probably looking at Ellis Taylor, maybe um, Stephen Wern, maybe just because those two play attacking midfield. Yeah. It. I don't feel daunted by the fact that that's even a possibility. Whereas I probably didn't previous years. I think. Ellis Taylor, whenever I've seen him, looks a good player. I've got no qualms about him having to start a game in League One, not at all. And if he's struggling, he, you know, you bring him off for half an hour to go, don't you? It's yeah. not a big deal. Well, that's right. I think if you kind of look at the conversation that we've had about how individual players have stepped up into different positions, foreign positions, taken the opportunities when they presented themselves, that's been a consistent throughout the season. You, know, As you say, we started the season with Winchester and Dan Neal, the fullback. And Winchester's done so well in that position, he's made it his own, and you'd be crazy to to take him out of the right back slot at the minute. So any you know you can be fairly confident any player who comes in, and you know I think if you look at on face value, Wern will probably come in after his performances in the Papa John's. I would I think that was the logical um, replacement for Embleton. I'd like to see him given a chance. And you what, know, what about sorry sorry about him, but what I know after the game he said that um, he wanted to bring Hume on on the wing. Is that an option? Do you think? Because it could be, and I think you know, yeah. and it, it really depends on on how, like tactically, the see you know us best taking on crew. Obviously, yesterday the the thought we didn't necessarily need the width in that final third as much as we have done previously. We could play through them, and the, the play as you say we kind of played three tens almost, didn't we? Whereas if yeah. if against crew we kind of think well actually we need a bit more width to to stretch them, 
I've got no problem with Denver Hume playing on the left hand side of midfield or left wing because I think he's got all no. the attributes to mm-hmm. to do it. So it'll it'll just be interesting. It'll be you know I think I'd like to see Denver Hume get get back into the team and get get some action. But he, he could do a job out there. No, absolutely. What about you, Ant? Would you agree? Um, I mean, I will quickly say on Hume on on Wednesday, his crossing was a lot better than what it has been. You know, um, I, th- I always think with Denver Hume, his crossing's his, his weakest link. So, but he put some nice balls in on Wednesday for, for Harris. So, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be um, bothered about that at all. You know, I wouldn't be worried at all with that. Personally, I'd like to see Wern getting a go. Um, I think Wern's done enough to you know be considered now. You know, he scored in his last two games. Already scored against League One opposition, you know, uh, albeit in the Papa Johns, but it was against a decent Lincoln side. Yeah. Um, so I would have no problem with him coming in. I think he's probably the the like for like replacement for Hamilton. But anyone who who Lee Johnson would put in there, I would I would trust to do a job. You know, even the likes of um, Young Ellis Taylor, I think is going to be a very good player. You know, I, whoever he puts in, I would trust to do a job there. And it kind of um, it kind of stops him from forcing from player from forcing players back who aren't quite ready. You know to trust these young lads because they're ready to go as well. You know, um, like I say, the likes of Wern and Taylor will be chomping at the bit to have a go in in the first team. So you know, I, I would trust, I would trust anyone who goes out there. And, and I think we should be crew. You know, we should have the the attributes to be crew very comfortably. You know, I fancy us to out football any side in this league. And if crew want to play football against us, I I think we'll pick them off. Like, yeah. So what do you, what do you reckon the score will be? Then I'm I'm for, I think we'll we'll get a pretty healthy two or three nil win. And I, I'm not. I, I'm. I'm confident, regardless of the fact we've got so many injuries. I just think, I just think momentum is a big thing, and we've won yeah. the last three games. Yeah, I, I would like to see. I would love to see Hoffman get a clean sheet. I think he deserves one, especially does, after yeah. yesterday. You know, yeah. saving saving our skins a little bit. But I'm with you. I mean, but the last time I was, you know, as confident as this, we got hammered four 0 So <laughs> I want to put a little bit of, you know, a little bit of uh, of that aside. Um, so I'll, yeah, I'll say two 0 to Sunderland. Um, yeah, and, and hopefully get um, Ross Stewart back on the uh, goal scoring trail as well. Yeah, what about you, Martin? Yeah, I'd be along the same lines. I think the um, the thing that would give you confidence is that yes, we've got a lot of injuries, but the back four or the back five, including the keeper, isn't affected, and it's been fairly yeah. solid, hasn't it? So yeah, that gives you a really good yeah. platform to build on, and whatever else comes in front of you, if you've got that solid base, you've got a, a, a bloody good chance, haven't you? So. No, I'd be, I'd stick my neck out in three nil. Go on, <laughs> nice. come back to haunt us. Nice. Next week, won't it? <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, right, that's probably a good place to leave it. Actually, before we leave, the under twenty threes play Newcastle at the stadium. I'm going to try and get along to that. People can get their tickets online for that. It would be good just to give the give those lads who have been impressing in the Papa John's games a bit of backing, wouldn't it? And if people can get along and support them, then they should. And you know what, as well, Gab, would be very, very interesting with that team in mind of what the what the first team looks like, because that'll probably give you an indication of who will be, you know, making the squad and starting yeah. on Tuesday, because there's probably no way they're going to be able to play two games in uh, in two days, even though, you know, I, I think a Man City player yesterday played twice in the same day or something, like a young <laughs> lad, but uh, I think it would be very interesting on that team. But yeah, get along to Derby game, you know, get yourselves along if you can, you know, be um, be an interesting game. And, you know, there is some of these players who are, you know, decent you know, like uh, the likes of Dice and um, Sean, it look good players. So it'll be an interesting yeah. game. I think you, uh, you've just made a really good point there about how that could impact on the crew team. Because he is going to have to, I mean, you saw the bench at the weekend. He's going to have to lean on that under 23s squad to, to fill out places really on the bench. So mm-hmm. um, it might be a young team. I mean, when the under 23s beat, uh, who did they beat during the week? Well, to be fair, the under 23s beat Man United. It was pretty much an under 23 side by yeah. Denver Hume. 
But then the actual under twenty threes game yeah. that we played in it Leeds. It was Leeds. Leeds, there we go. Of course yeah, it was yeah. Leeds, yeah. The team that played was pretty much an under eighteens team. Yeah. With the exception, I think, of one or two. Um Jamadjali's probably gonna play in that game. And to be fair, that's another reason I want to go along, because I want to see him play. Because if he's getting 45 minutes here and there, he's not going to be too far off a first-team return. So, yeah, so so yeah, if people want to get along, that, that advise the wood. That's pretty much it, other than I want to quickly get Martin's thoughts on this, because I heard you talk about it on the on the uh, pod the other day, but Embleton's new contract, Martin, that's a great sign of things to come, isn't it? The fact he's signed Brilliant. up for another four years, I think. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely fantastic. As long as he to doesn't get... keep getting sent off. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's some way to celebrate, like, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brought him crashing back down to earth. His first week's wages of his new contract will be getting um, getting took off him. Docked. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I think it's a really good sign for you know that he sees a bright future for the club. Like he could easily have just sat his contract out in the first team. Mm -hmm. He's got a good reputation from last season, and he could have got a move to the championship without a a shadow of a doubt. So I think it's a really good sign that he's prepared to to commit for, for such a long period of time. Um, he's obviously sees it as a good place with the current staff to to develop him as a player, and yeah. you know it's it's, it's great. Um, and you know, obviously there's another there's another midfielder who we'd like to see follow suit, tied down with a long term contract very soon, isn't it? But one uh, shite him, man. <laughs> I've actually uh, heard a little rumor that he might be close to a green new deal. Which if it's if it's true, then great. Like like I say, it's a good sign of things to come. I mean, if Hamilton's signing up for long term deals. Uh, Dan Neal it, what it does is it tells those lads who we're just talking about who are playing in the 23s and getting that chance now it shows them that if when you do play in the first team and you imp- you have to impress and you the thing is when you do impress you're going to you're going to be given proper chances and you'll be given a decent length of contract and this is a place where you can come as a young player and get opportunities so mm-hmm. I think it all feeds into just this bigger picture thing where we're talking about Absolutely. like becoming a club that creates its own players and brings local lads through um, to have your two top talents playing first-team football every week and signing long-term deals, that's a huge selling point from the club's perspective to be able to to bring players in, in future generations, you know, in future years. So I'm over the moon with it. Um, yeah. It'll allow us as well, Gav, sorry to interrupt that very quickly, but it will allow us that if a team comes in for these type of players, because, you know, I don't think we're... Uh, we're silly enough to, you know, kind of deny the fact someone probably will come in for Dan Neal sooner rather than later. But if yeah. Dan Neal and Elliot Embleton have signed contracts, it gives us a chance to, you know, have that kind of say of how much money we want for them. Whereas, you know, in the past we've just been, you know, selling our younger players off for, you know, pittance. You know, it actually yeah. will make us the model of, yeah, we'll probably might have to become a selling club, you know, to get back into the Premier League. We might have to sell some of these prize assets, but we'll get the money to, you know, um, re- recycle. And, you know, get course, better yeah. players in and, and uh, bring the bring in the academy players. So it's it's uh, it's all just plus plus for me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, that's a good point to leave it at. We've went on for long enough. Uh, thanks for joining us, lads. We'll be back hopefully after crew with a reaction pod. So go for that. We'll catch you all later. Cheers. What was that? 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.